in Matthew. Matthew. Matthew 24, verse 14, then go to Matthew 28. You ready? If you're all there, say amen. amen. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, Matthew 28. Go to verse 19. And as soon as you're there, say amen. amen. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do tonight and what you have already done. In the moments that remain, we pray, release your word. We know that it goes forth and doesn't return void. Your word is a lamp unto a feet of light upon our path. Move in great power tonight through the teaching and the preaching of your word. Let signs and wonders and miracles be wrought. The power of the name of Jesus. We thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What a tremendous victory. Many naysayers, but whether you be a Democrat or a Republican, you can't, you can't help but acknowledge that you know, after seven years after the Korean War, uh, our president has just met with a dictator of the hermit kingdom, as they've called it, and it's a great victory. And I don't know if you were in that service all those months ago when we reached our hands out to North Korea and prayed, and we've continued to pray, and, and certainly not, not, not prayed nearly long, as long as South Korea they have a prayer grotto, prayer mountain on the border of North Korea. They reach their hands and pray continually 24 hours a day for reconciliation, healing for the gospel to break out and for God to heal the wounds of North and South Korea. I do believe uh, by faith and although I'm reluctantly, uh, I have some reluctance, I mean, we'll see how it plans out, but we're going to continue to pray. I'm an eternal optimist. Is there anybody else? Come on, I think we ought to thank God for the breakthrough. There's no nuclear war. Lord, thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I do believe that the gospel is going to be preached in North Korea with power, signs, and wonders, and miracles. I believe like the, like the Iron Curtain came down so that the, the, the walls of, that have hindered the gospel going into North Korea have come down. And I'm sure there's a mighty underground church there as well, but we're thankful. What is the gospel of the kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? Let me say it that way. The best way... The best definition I know comes from George Ladd, my pastor, our senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco, has encouraged us to read that. I'd encourage you to read it. It's called The Gospel of the Kingdom. It's written quite a while ago, and it's a weighty book on the kingdom of God. And if you want to find out about the kingdom of God and, and, and where it is and what it is and how to define it, that is probably the best study that I've, it is the best study I've ever read on it. George Ladd defines the gospel of the kingdom or defines the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God defines it as this. The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God. And Jesus is the king of the kingdom. So where Jesus is, so is the kingdom. Come on, somebody say the kingdom of God is at hand. Come on, say the kingdom of God's within me. And, and Jesus taught that. It's his, his kingdom is not only future, but also present. How many of you know we don't have the fullness of the kingdom just yet? And there are those that preach that, but that's not a biblical teaching. 
He came to set the captives free. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've, I've come that you might have life and life to the full life abundantly. We have received the kingdom because we received the king of the kingdom, Jesus. So when Jesus comes into your, into your heart, into your spirit, when you repent and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior and ask him to, to come into your life, however you do that, you're translated out of darkness into the kingdom of the sun and the kingdom of God is within you. That's why we can say greater is he that's in me than, than he that's in the world. The Bible talks about two ages, this present evil age and the messianic age. Jesus broke into this present evil age with his kingdom. And though even, even though we live here in the earth, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, I'm so grateful my son's a part of that internship for the youth internship. I think we've got 18 different youth interns, and uh, they were reading through Ephesians 1 and 2, and he was discussing it with me when he came home from his internship today. How many of you think that's awesome? I think that's awesome. He's blessed us in heavenly places with every spiritual blessing. The kingdom of God, write in your notes, the kingdom of God that as the age has come has invaded this present evil age through the person of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ came, he demonstrated the power of the kingdom. And he broke through, he healed the sick, he set the captives free. The blind to see, the, the lame to walk, the mute to speak. The kingdom of God is, this, is the age to come has invaded this present, I could have done this sentence a little bit better, this present evil age through the person of Jesus Christ. So now we have the God's kingdom's power at work through us, right in your notes. Now I painstakingly did notes for you. I could preach and just sort of flow, and I wrestled with it to do that because I, I prefer just preaching, but I'm teaching you and having you note, have notes so that you go preach it to somebody else and so that you remember tonight. We have God's kingdom's power at work through us. And we're part of the we're part of the king and the kingdom community. And so she's called the church. God's community is called the church. How many of you have been transformed by God's power? If you haven't, stick around, you're in the right place. God, how many of you have been healed? It's evidence of God's work, his kingdom at work in your life, in my life, in our midst. And how many of you have been blessed? You've been blessed. Okay, what are all the blessings for? Why did God save you? Why did God heal you? Well, he loves you. Yes, that's true. We've said it so many times before. If you were just to be saved, then you'd drop dead and go straight to heaven. But he leaves you here. I mean, God, maybe the Lord would leave a few behind to preach the gospel, and then everybody else would drop dead the second you get saved. But that's not how it works. He saves you. Why? Why? To, to, to be an ambassador, to be a minister of reconciliation. Let's look at the text here. The, the context is that Jesus, as a result of his statement in the temple that will be destroyed, that not one stone will be left on top of another, has been asked, when will this happen? So in, in, a, in the mind of the disciples, they're saying, okay, when is this going to happen? When is the kingdom going to come? And the second thing they asked, they wanted to know when. And the second thing they asked is, what is the sign? Because there's got to be this big sign of your return. They're wondering, how is this all going to happen? What's going to be the sign of messianic reign? 
And they were confused in that they thought that, you know, the Messiah was here and, and he would just wipe out Rome and take over and reestablish Israel as the leading country and on and on and on, all the messianic prophecies. But they forgot about the suffering servant. They were hoping for the, they're looking at the second advent and thinking that, oh, this is it. The kingdom is going to be set up right now. What well, is a sign that will be the end of this present evil age? What will be the sign of your coming? What will be the sign of this present evil age? And all of these, these three questions are wrapped up here. And he takes their questions and he begins to answer it. And he says this, there will be deception and turmoil, persecution and increase of wickedness. Come on, somebody say, whoa. whoa. Okay, I think maybe we have some of that going on for sure. And he says, don't be discouraged because in the midst of this, the gospel of the kingdom of God will go forth, even with violence. God is raising up a militant church, a spirit-filled, militant, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation church. God's saying to us, basically, very simply tonight, that we have, the, listen, the greatest message that's ever been preached. I don't know why he did it ever declared, the greatest message ever declared has been given to us. It's the gospel. I, I don't know. I, I would, I would want to entrust the greatest message to somebody else, but God in his, in his wisdom has given us to us donkeys. Amazing. It really is amazing. The greatest message. Well, what is the greatest message? That Christ has conquered sin. It says in Revelation 20 and verse 12, And I saw the dead, the small and the great, standing before the throne, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is called the Book of Life. And the dead were judged according to what has been recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged oh, according to what they had done. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second the second death. And anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life is thrown in the lake of fire. The greatest message is Christ has conquered death. The greatest message is Christ has conquered Satan. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 reads, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, pardon me, so that by his death he might break the power of him that holds the power of death, that is, the devil. Jesus, as it's recorded in heaven today and through the scripture, declares that Satan has been defeated. Come on, Satan. Say Satan's been defeated. Christ has conquered Satan. Christ has conquered death. Christ has conquered Satan. Christ has defeated sin. Hebrews 9, 26. Hebrews 9, 26. Otherwise, Christ would have suffered many things since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages, to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Romans 6, 6, which is a powerful verse of Scripture. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You see, you don't have to be a slave to sin because you can be born again and made new. It's the greatest message. That's the greatest message. You, you don't have to be Poe no more. You can, be, you can be healed. You can be delivered. You can be free. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be afflicted. You've got power. You have authority by the finished work of Jesus. Some of you don't understand your God-given, blood-bought right and the dominion that he's given to you. So you just suffer under the lie and the torment of, of the, the accuser of the brethren 
the father of lies speaking his native language. We not only have the greatest message, we have the greatest mission. And the greatest mission is to preach the gospel all over the world. Every single believer should preach the gospel. And what did that Catholics, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, was it? St. Augustine, maybe. He said, by all means, preach the gospel and, and by all means, use words if you have to. That means when somebody sees your life, they can, they can see something different about you. The greatest mission we have. You know, if you think about history, and there's a lot of different ways to, to view history, and I, <laughs> I, I read this thing about a fly, that some people see history as a fly, that the legs of a fly would be in ink and it would walk around on white paper and that would be history. That, that, that's nonsense. The deist view of, of, of God is that he wound up creation and history and he set, let it go and then he just sort of watches afar off and doesn't have anything to do with it. That's not even a biblical model. Ecclesiastes says that that which has been will be again and you can certainly see that history is, is, has a cycle to it. But it, 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 it not only repeats itself, in the Hebrew understanding it's linear, it's going somewhere. You see all of history is about redemption. And when you take it from Adam and Eve in the garden and you play it out, they're not meaningless events that take place in history. And we're not getting better and better. The gospel's got to be preached throughout all the world. That God is using us in the midst of time. He's outside of time. We're in time. And he's using us to redeem mankind. And one, one day time's going to be over. One day there won't be a day. One day, one day there'll be the day and that'll be it. We're bearers of divine purpose in history, like, like music notes on a score. And a master conductor and um, guy who writes symphonies, what's he called? Composer, thank you. Like a master composer com putting notes on a score, making this beautiful symphony. God is working things out after the counsel of his will. And you and I are with a free will in the midst of this time to bring forth the praises of God and to bring the kingdom of God. We have a purpose, a divine purpose. We have the greatest motivation. Everybody say we have the greatest motivation. Now th this, this gets me right here. The church in every age, I mean, you can read books a thousand years ago about the church and how they expected the end to come. And some have wrote books, you know, some fool, foolish person wrote 85 reasons why Jesus Christ is coming in 1985. And uh, he didn't come in 1985. Now we see the, we see all the signs and of his coming wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes. But I'll tell you what has to happen. The gospel has to be preached throughout all the world. And I think the thing that's amazing to me is that he could have come at any time period. But the church has got to preach the gospel in all over the world. The gospel of the kingdom. All over the world. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12... 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, As you look forward to the day of God and speed is coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt with the heat. 
Another version says that hasten, to hasten its coming. So catch this. You and I can cause the return of the Lord to come quicker. How? The way that we live and preaching the gospel of the kingdom all over the world. So until that's done, it doesn't matter what, what anybody prophesies. That has to happen. I had somebody tell me, oh, that well, the end is, is going to come like in the next six months. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not. You say, when is the end coming? I have no clue. You're supposed to live like he's coming any second and plan like he's not coming in your lifetime. Listen, the building we're building is not just for this generation. It's for the generation to come. I don't know how that works in the millennial reign of Christ. I just know that God is good and we need a much bigger building. We're building it and God's good, and we're building it to, to go into the next generation. Can you say amen? amen? Pastor Alex, would you help me? You jump on the keys just for me. <laughs> Pastor Alex was here for seven years and, and, uh, and Shelby, of course, and their beautiful family. He was our worship leader, our youth Youth pastor, just a tremendous leader. We esteem you highly. Amen. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. God, such a simple message. I'm asking Holy Spirit that you would mark us tonight. Such a simple word. But you've defeated hell and death and the grave. You defeated, you conquered sin, you conquered Satan. You conquered death. You've given us the greatest message. That we don't have to be broken, disgusted, afflicted. We can be free. We can be healed. We can be whole. Because of your substitutionary death and resurrection, we don't have to die. And God, we celebrate you tonight the greatest message Lord you have given us and you've given us the greatest motivation Lord to redeem men and women and children out of every tribe and every tongue Lord thank you for the opportunity of placing us at this point in history I'm asking Lord for you to release a fresh touch of heaven upon each and every one that's here and those that will listen at a later date those online right now Holy Spirit, come. Mark us with glorious visitation. Mark us that we would keep the first thing first in our lives, to love you with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul and all our strength. That you would give us a burden for souls. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and impress upon us. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know the hour in which we live, to know the time, to know the seasons. Holy Spirit, come by your power, come by your might, right upon the fleshly tablets of our heart, I pray. Raise up a generation of warriors. Raise up a militant group of people that we would be like the sons of Issachar that know the times and the seasons. All that we are, all that we have belongs to you. 
we say yes. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro, seeking a heart who's steadfast towards him that he might strengthen them. God, we say, here am I. Send me. Lift your hands all across this place. Come on, let the Holy Spirit touch you. Such a simple message. On whom the ends of the age have come. These are the ends of the age. The gospel of the kingdom is being preached. A very small window of nations and people unreached. Church is much larger than you know. These are the days of Elijah. These are the days. Come on, stir yourself unto action. Jesus, release your power, Lord God. Release your power, Lord God. We say yes. We say yes. Forgive us for where we've gotten sidetracked at times. Oh, we want to hasten your return. We want to see redemption of history. Your redemptive plan for Alaska. Oh God, thank you for raising up a mighty prayer movement in our midst. Day and night, night and day prayer. Because you're worthy. We thank you, Lord, for raising up ambassadors and bond servants, yoke fellows. God, we thank you for doing it in this hour. We thank you for raising up children. Let your power come upon 10-year-olds. Let your power come upon nine and eight-year-olds and out of the mouths of babes you'll ordain your praise. Let your power come upon teenagers, Lord. Pre-teens, let your power, come on, make this place a house of prayer. Let your power be manifested in our homes. Let your power be manifested in high schools and middle schools, Lord, in summer school. Let your power be manifested, God, we ask in the name of Jesus. Lord, upon marriages, I bind and take authority over apathy, over lethargy. The God of this age who tries to stop the ears of your people and diminish our role. You've given us your word. You've given us your name. We decree, we proclaim today a doubling is going to take place. We are in the midst of doubling again. That we will see souls coming in, people being added to the church. We declare today by the power of the name of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb that the works of darkness have been defeated because of what you've done. We stand in the place of the finished work of the cross. Sickness go, disease go, depression go, anxiety go, suicide go. We pray now, release your healing. Release the gospel of the kingdom God upon these. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be free, be loosed. Demon power, we command you to shut your mouth. 
We see people loose. We see people freed. Oh, God. Come on, intercessors praying. Come on, declare over your family, your whole family saved. Whole family saved. Add it to the church. Every hindering assignment of the devil be broken by the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, come, won't you come, won't you come? Lord, come, let your spirit run. Jesus! Every heart receive, every ear to hear, every Jesus. heart receive. So Lord, come, won't you come, won't you come? Let your spirit run, run. Every ear to hear, Holy Spirit. every heart receive. Hannah on the platform, please. Won't you come, won't you come? Yes! Let your spirit run, let it run. Every ear to hear, every heart Let your receive, word run swiftly. Lord, come, won't you come, won't you come? Let your spirit run, let it run. Every ear to hear, every heart receive, every heart receive. I pray tonight a release of a burden for souls. Lord, release a burden for souls. We wouldn't be able to walk by people. We wouldn't be able to let our neighbors not hear the word. Remember hearing the testimony of can't remember who the preacher was, but it was during the Great Reformation, Great Awakening, pardon me, 1700s in America. Preacher kneeling by his bed, and he'd been there for hours, and his wife says, come to bed. And he said, woman, there's thousands of people out there that I know not how it is. I cannot come to bed. The Apostle Paul said this to the Galatians. Am I again in labor pains until Christ is formed in you? Where is that gone in the church? Where is the burden of the Lord? So much administrative things going on. So many cute messages. I like them. They're cute. They're wonderful. But where is the anguish? Where is the anguish for people that are they're going to split hell wide open and our responsibility in it. Where's the anguish? I'm not bringing, trying to bring condemnation. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to deliver what I felt like the Lord burned in my heart today. There has to come an anguish before heaven. I've known anguish in my life a number of times. I'm asking God to give me a greater burden for souls. It's interesting and we prophesy we're going to double church is going to double the body of christ is going to double we prophesy that then then it begins to speak and say yeah now you need a burden you need to quit looking the other way now you need now you need anguish now you need a baptism of 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 a burden and fire passion zeal that wakes you up in the morning passion that doesn't get you up to pray in the morning is weak passion indeed come on god come on ask god ask god to, to give you a burden from heaven Yes, the joy of the Lord. Yes, the freedom that comes. Yes, 
joyful, exuberant worship. Vision has a brother, and a brother to vision is a burden. You need a burden. I need, we need a fresh burden today. Holy Spirit, come on, just pray in your heavenly language. Ask God to give it to you. There's like, like a coal is being taken from the altar of heaven and being deposited in the hearts of people. Tonight, for those that want it, those that are online, come on, call out to Him, call Him. you. He's called you to missions. He's called you to souls. You're a part of the end time army and you know it. Respond right now. Let God put something in you. Let God deposit something in you.
he's speaking to you. And he's saying, push yourself away from the things of time and tradition. Push yourself away from apathetic life. Put yourself away from apathy. Put yourself away from smooth-kneed, cute Christianity. And let him come and baptize you afresh with fire and a burden and a fresh anguish. For the things of this world will go strangely dim as you seek him. And then you will find that at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. You cannot be satisfied with the world. It just won't work. Have a season of, 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 of sweetness and then it comes with its bitter bite and destroys your life. Oh, but in God, serving him walking with him like in the cool of the day satisfaction divine awaits for you it's a work of the spirit let your fire burn in me let your fire burn in me let your fire burn in me and I'll go I'll go let your fire burn right now. Let your fire burn in me. Let your fire burn in me. And I'll go. Ha, hallelujah. I, I kept hearing this phrase. Got up for morning prayer and I found myself extremely exhausted around, I don't know what time it was. I lied down and took my divine Holy Ghost nap. I usually do that about 20 minutes a day here or there. Took a little bit of a longer one had a dream and I woke up couldn't quite fit it into what the message was and now I understand it I saw a wedding and at the wedding they'd run out of wine it was the wedding of Canaan and I kept hearing the Lord say where's the wine I just heard it over and over where's the wine where's the wine and it's a message for the church And I understand it now. What the world needs is they need an encounter with the power of the resurrection, resurrected Lord. They, they, they need that. They need the wine. The wine represents the Holy Spirit. The, the, the wedding at Canaan, is, it's a celebration of covenant. And they ran out of wine. And there's nothing wrong with celebration it's, it's wonderful. That's like the church celebrating the covenant, but no wine. The body of Christ needs a fresh baptism of fire. And the Lord wants to release it to us. We need some fresh new wine. And I would say that the gospel of the kingdom, you're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom unless you have fire and signs and wonders and miracles that go with it. It's the gospel, but it's a partial gospel. It's salvation, but not, not the full sozo, because full salvation is healing of every part of your being. Your finances healed, your mind healed, your emotions healed. It's, it's saved, healed, and delivered, sanctified with signs and wonders and miracles and bringing that to a generation that desperately needs it. Come on, lift your hands all across this place and ask God for a fresh baptism. Every single revivalist throughout history, as I have read, has experienced a fresh new baptism. And I'm not talking about doctrine and praying in tongues. I'm talking about something fresh, something, some fresh fire that comes down on somebody and, and they burn so white hot that people, people are drawn to them. 
signs and wonders and miracles, it doesn't just come. He's not obligated to give it to you just because, because. But He'll touch you in direct proportion, as I said earlier, direct proportion of the hunger that you have. Come on, just a few more, a few more moments. Let your fire burn. Let your fire burn in me. Let your fire burn in me. Let your fire burn in me. And I'll go. I'll go. Let your fire burn in me. Let your fire burn in me. Let your fire burn. baptism of your fire I pray zeal passion miracles release a fresh mantle of miracles signs and wonders Lord to testify every noise Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in your heavenly language. Two kinds of tongues, that which is prophecy, it gets interpreted, it's prophetic. The other kind of tongues is a prayer language. Doesn't need to be interpreted, and it's not out of order when it's in a concert like this. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost to build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying mysteries through you right now. Come on, pray. If you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, given a prayer language, ask God for it right now. Be filled in the name of Jesus. Be filled. Amen. Do it. All right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. Don't you leave this place. Those under the sound of my voice here in the auditorium, those on Facebook Live, on YouTube, those over the web stream, however you're hearing this now. Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life. You're separated because of sin. No matter what little sin or big sin you've done, it has separated you for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. God made a way by dying on a cross and rising again from the grave. The Bible says to as many as believed on him, he gave them the right to become children of God. You're not a child of God unless you're born again. Oh yes, he knit you together while you were yet in your mother's womb and those might have spoken to you and said that you were an accident, but God doesn't do accidents. And he knows you, he knows you're rising up, he knows you're setting down, but you are separated from the plan of God if you have not repented and given your heart to him and been born, made born again. If you've not been made new, if you've not repented and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I implore you, I plead with you on heaven's behalf to be reconciled to Him. You can't 
enter into the kingdom of God by going to church any more than a monkey can enter the human race by wearing a suit. You must be born again. You must be born again. He must be born again. You must be born again. If that's you, do it tonight. The Lord's reaching to you through my voice. He loves you with an everlasting love. He desires to use you. Your life has meaning. You are the apple of his eye, the object of his affection, and he reaches to you and he says, come to me, my daughter. Come to me, my son. And I'll wash you, though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them as white as snow. Though your sins be red and crimson, I'll make them as white as wool. It's pierced for your transgressions and chastised. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. There is no peace without salvation. There is no peace without being born again. You must be born again. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment. You want to make a recommitment because you know you've compromised and you've drifted from the Lord and you want to come home tonight all across this place. Yeah, the pornography is not okay. The adultery is not okay. It's not okay. He doesn't wink at that. Oh, God knows my heart. Yes, deceitfully wicked above all else. That's what the Word of God says. It's not okay. It's sin and it separates you. Drunkards, swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says. Not mincing any words tonight. That's you. You want to get right with God for the first time. Or you want to make a recommitment to Him. Those online, those here. If that's you in the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two. Put your hand up. Three. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you online, perhaps. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Pray this prayer right out loud, right? Right out loud. Just mean it with all sincerity. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, come on, all, all across this place, some of you reaffirming your faith, you're just declaring it. Those of you praying for the first time are making a recommitment. Others affirming your love for the Lord. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me for all of my sin and come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Break every bondage. Break every curse. And write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill, touch, heal. Fill, touch, heal. Holy Spirit, set a fire on the inside of every single one of us. Use us in this great end time harvest, the end of the age, the culmination. Release a burden for souls upon everyone, a hunger for the word, hunger for the things of God. 
the gospel of the kingdom being preached. The greatest message, Lord. The greatest motivation to speed, to hasten your return. God, we thank you. Come on, just lift your hands all across this place and thank it right out loud. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saving you put your hands together for God. Amen. I hope you got something from the Lord. Very simple. Come on, let's change, let's change the state. Let's change the state. Let's preach the gospel of the kingdom everywhere that we go. It's the hour. It's the hour of history. Let me bless you. We'll close. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Mm. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen.